Good morning. It's time for another edition of Dr. Andy's Wellness Corner on Alternative Talk, AM 1150 KKNW, bringing the show that allows you and your family to live a longer, happier, healthier life so that you can enjoy more of what you love to do. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. I am your host, Andy Marone, PHC, Clinic Director and Enzyme Nutrition Specialist at Redmond Ridge Nutrition and Chiropractic Care, where we provide low-force or traditional chiropractic care enzyme nutrition, dietary counseling, rehabilitation, and, of course, massage therapy. You can reach us at 425-868-0120. That number, again, is 425-868-0120. Or reach us on the web at redmondridgenutrition.com. That's redmondridgenutrition.com. If you fill out the Contact Us page, I will even send you a free ebook on Health in America. Of course, you can check out the Dr. Andy's Wellness Corner Facebook page where I post, post links to my blog, where I post articles on health and wellness pretty much daily. And don't forget, you can always subscribe to the Dr. Andy's Wellness Corner podcast on Google Play or iTunes if you missed an episode and want to catch up. Today, we have a very special guest on the show, a fantastic practitioner who's been practicing since 1967. In fact... He pioneered the idea and what we now know as enzyme nutrition. So if you'll please welcome with me Dr. Howard Loomis, founder of Enzyme Nutrition, the Enzyme Institute of America, and Enzyme Formulations, Dr. Howard Loomis. Good morning, Dr. Loomis. How are you doing this morning? Well, good do- good morning, Dr. Marone. Good to talk to you. Thanks for inviting me. Well, I really appreciate having you, and I know that our listeners in the Northwest uh, appreciate having you as well. So um, let me start with a couple of questions. You are a chiropractic physician like myself. Is that correct? Yes. Huh? And when did you start practicing? 1967, 19... probably before you were born. <laughs> Just a couple of years before I was born, but you are correct, before I was born. You are one of the pioneers of the profession. I bet you've had to face a lot of uh, adversity uh, back in the day. Well, not as much as my father did and uh, those that went before him, but uh, yes, quite a bit. Uh, it was not nice when I first went into practice, but it certainly improved over the years. Yes, and uh, we really appreciate, I mean, I don't think that I would have the uh, uh, profession that I have if it wasn't for the pioneers like you guys, so I really personally really appreciate that, and uh, we have come a long way, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's the pioneers that we have to thank for that, so thank you very much for that. We were delighted to be able to do what we did. Now, how in the world, and when in the world, did you discover enzyme nutrition? It, uh, at Logan, what was then uh, Logan Chiropractic College, now Logan University, of course, we had a very good founding in nutrition and the need for the body to be able to make energy in order to function properly for structure and for visceral functions. We were also taught uh, urinalysis testing. We were taught blood testing. So when I went into practice, I was convinced uh, that intervertebral disc problems, degeneration, disc bulging, things like that, had to do with protein metabolism. And that's because the nucleus, of course, is made up of protein and water. And if it becomes protein deficient, then it begins to uh, degenerate slightly, get thinner, etc., and get weaker. And, of course, the... Uh, the surrounding annulus uh, is collagen tissue, which is primarily protein and vitamin C, which go together. So I began uh, immediately, as soon as I went into practice, uh, doing case histories, physical exams, urinalysis testing, and blood testing, and trying to make nutritional supplementation with vitamins and minerals a, an objective clinical science. Now, we know that nutrition is, is a science but to apply it clinically so that uh, you can uh, give each individual patient exactly what they need uh, was a problem. And I labored with that for 12 years, in fact, until 1980, when the owner of National Enzyme came in to me uh, because I had been sending patients over to them. They had two um, formulas that Dr. Howell had done 
They were uh, very mild uh, pancreatic or animal enzyme and one vegetable enzyme that they sold by mail order. And so they asked, they, they believed, they asked me if I would get involved with them because they believed that there was a market for professional products using uh, plant enzymes. And as you know, of course, they work in a different environment. They can pre-digest food, which was the work of Dr. Edward Howe, who did that theoretical work. And so I told them I was interested. However, at that time, there was no way, no a person to go to or no way to understand what the symptoms of these enzyme deficiencies were. And I told them at the time that nutrition is practiced on symptoms. And so if they could tell me what the symptoms of a protease or amylase or lipase deficiency were, I'd be happy to, uh, to work with it. And they said they didn't know and perhaps I should call Dr. Howell uh, who by that time was 88 years old, living down in Fort Myers, Florida. And so I did call him and got to know him personally, made uh, three trips down to Fort Myers, spent time with him. But he said he didn't know either, that he'd never been asked that, and he had never formulated product that way. And uh, so that started it. National Enzyme then uh, made product that I formulated based primarily on guesswork. Now, obviously, we know the, deficient, the symptoms of a protein or carbohydrate or, or fat deficiency are, but we didn't know what the enzyme deficiency symptoms were. And so for five years, I came up with formulas, and National Enzyme made them, and I gave them away uh, to my patients and charted with urinalysis and blood work and physical examination and eventually began to arrive at how to use them objectively for each individual patient. And that's the key, uh, because, uh, of course, we, we don't have any average people. All of us are unique, and uh, we have different genetic backgrounds, and we eat differently, exercise differently. So these programs have to be made for each individual. And in 1985, then, a National Enzyme said, well, you know what, it's time than for us to begin to lecture. So we've been lecturing ever since, and in, uh, oh, let's see, the 1994 then, they had grown from um, husband and wife and two employees to 140 employees because we, in all the eight years that we had been lecturing, a number of companies were coming to us and wanting enzymes put into their formula, so we did. And that's when... Uh, all of the various uh, companies now that make enzymes have all sprung out of that work. Um, so they said that they did not want to sell the Nest Formula line, which is what I had formulated in 1980, began to teach in 85. They just wanted to manufacture it. Now they're a huge manufacturing outfit. Um, and they offered to, uh, to buy out my contract, as it were, and I decided I wanted to continue to lecture and started my own company in Madison, Wisconsin. Fantastic. I think, in, uh, I think in 2002, I think it was, we were approved by the state of Wisconsin as a legitimate educational institution. And we're still the only one that, that teaches clinical applications of food enzymes. Yeah, you know, one of the things I've always been impressed with, having uh, been through you know, all of your seminar work is I have uh, learned several systems of nutrition before I had even discovered what enzyme nutrition was. And I always just felt like, not that they're bad systems, but I always just felt like something was lacking, that I was missing something, that they weren't scientific enough for me. And when I, I never forget the first 30 minutes in your seminar, I'm like, he's explaining physiology. He's explaining how our organs work. He's explaining how enzymes work. And every stage along the way, everything that I gained from the education that I received from the Food Enzyme Institute was 100% reliable and based on sound medical and scientific principles. Well, that's what I was asked to do in 1980 by National Enzyme Company, uh, to develop a system that was absolutely clinically reliable, 
that we could take anywhere, teach in medical schools. We do teach medical doctors as well as chiropractors, acupuncturists, naturopaths. And it has to be, um, it's all about energy and delivering energy. And what is not readily recognized today is that energy is derived only from carbohydrate, protein, and lipid. It is not derived from vitamins and minerals. Um, If the macronutrients are not properly digested and absorbed, uh, the vitamins and the minerals simply uh, cannot perform work. They have to be put to work, and it's enzymes that do that. I've been using an analogy, and now that I have you on the phone, perhaps you can uh, tell me if that analogy is, is accurate. I always say that the food that you eat is like fuel in your fuel tank, and if you take additional supplements like vitamins or fish oils or things like that, those are more like fuel additives, but enzymes are the spark and the spark plug, and you can have the best fuel and the best fuel additives in the world, but if you don't have a good spark, that that uh, valuable fuel, unfortunately, doesn't get utilized is that is that a good ana- analogy oh it's very good it's excellent thank you, know, you. you could lo- use a very low grade fuel uh, source and you could use all the additives you wanted to but if you've got a high grade fuel going in there now you've got something that will work for you and of course what we're all about is simply trying to restore normal function and maintain health and that's how you do it yep exactly I appreciate that And just a reminder for those of you who want to learn more about enzyme nutrition, you can always call my office to set up a consultation or contact me via the website. That is redmondridgenutrition.com, redmondridgenutrition.com, or 425-868-0120. That's 425-868-0120. I want to back up a little bit because I noticed uh, Dr. Howell was a medical doctor, how in the world, I mean, back in the day when the chiropractic profession was pretty much uh, frowned upon, highly frowned upon by the medical pref- profession, how in the world did you get to link up with, with Dr. Howell and, and, and be accepted and be able to uh, kind of take his idea and, and turn it into a, uh, a wonderful way of uh, helping the body work properly through nutrition and enzymes? Oh, Dr. Howell and I got along famously. Um, since we both understood physiology and biochemistry, uh, he just simply had to uh, inform me about pre-digestion. You see, that's the one thing that, uh, that we were not taught about digestion and still is not taught even in medical schools. The fact that you can pre-digest food uh, in the upper part of the stomach using enzymes that will work specifically in that area. And it takes at least 45 minutes for the body to concentrate stomach acid. Uh, The stomach is empty and it's flat. And during that period of time, you can uh, perform a great deal of pre-digestion. And that's what Dr. Howell taught me. And then from there, once I had that, all of a sudden I had the answer to moving nutrients past an incompetent digestive system. Before the body could even make stomach acid, we could get the, uh, the food digested and absorbed and into the body so that it could begin to use it. Now, once that happens, um, all the lights begin to go on. And that's what fascinated Howell was that we had a way to tell what nutrients uh, were needed by this particular body. And so he and I got along great. We never had any problems. That's just, that's absolutely fantastic. Now, as a chiropractor, I mean, practicing in the 60s, 70s, and even the 80s, I know, you know, the, the profession was still getting a lot of flack, you know, and I don't think in during that time, most chiropractors were doing nutrition. A lot of us are doing it now, uh, and that's great. But did you get any flack either from within or even outside the profession for doing nutritional work? No, I got, um, I practiced in a very rural area in the Ozark Mountains in southwest Missouri. And when I went into practice, uh, the local hospital, small hospital, 120 beds, I think, 
uh, was owned by five medical doctors. And they clearly had attitudes about chiropractors, period. However, as time went by and they began to see the results that I was getting and the, uh, the ability to talk physiology and biochemistry to them and to do it without attitude and uh, gradually all of that began to soften. And back, you know, let's see, back, oh, let's see, 1980, 1981, 82, for example, diabetes uh, was still being treated with insulin. And we, while we're certainly not capable of dealing with diseases and certainly not type 1 diabetes, but in those patients who have abused their, uh, their diet and have moved into metabolic syndrome where the body is... Uh, Oh, elevating its triglycerides and its cholesterol and its blood sugar, if we can change their diet and to uh, digest it better for them, then those patients who are on insulin would slowly, very, very slowly, begin to uh, require less insulin. And so it was very necessary for me to call their medical doctor and tell them what I was doing. Now, some of those conversations were quite interesting uh, at the start, but when they began to see the slow uh, uh, blood glucose levels coming down and the patient's uh, need for uh, insulin slowly coming down, then all of that began to change. And there were many other cases that we had in common and that really uh, blurred the the problem between MDs and, and chiropractors, at least in my case. That's great. You know, I think there's a common misconception out there that uh, that uh, chiropractic physicians are less knowledgeable than MDs, and really, we just have a different specialty. I mean, I studied the same physiology textbook that medical doctors studied. I used the same anatomy textbook. I used the same orthopedic textbook, same phys exam textbooks. You know, you name it. We, we studied the same curriculum. It's just that doctors focus on diagnosing and treating diseases, which is crisis care, and we need that. I always tell my patients, if your appendix bursts, don't call me. I can't help you, you know. Um, but we just have a different specialty, uh, but we're just as knowledgeable. And I think if you talk to the community and talk to fellow healthcare professionals in the medical industry, just like you did, in a knowledgeable and informed way, that our knowledge begins to shine and, and that elevates the respect that other people have for our profession. And I really appreciate that you did that uh, for us. Now, what do you feel are the... Am advantages of enzyme nutrition versus, say, you know, other types of nutrition where somebody might recommend vitamins or things like selenium or fish oil or things like that. And not that those are bad things, but what, what sparked you to choose enzyme nutrition over those types of things? Well, so that the vitamins and minerals and the oils could be utilized. If for, let's take uh, fish oils. If a patient is actually fatty acid deficient and and many are today. There's no question about that. But if they are, then they're not digesting fat because if, if they were able to digest fat uh, quite readily, they wouldn't be fatty acid deficient. So we're back to delivering nutrients past an incompetent digestive system. And if you can get it from the diet, then you can uh, reduce the need. Of course, what you and I do is to recognize those patients that require fatty acids and most of them, of course, are eating too much sugar. And that uh, the body requires energy, and it comes from the macronutrients, not from the supplements that you can buy in the store or at, uh, at a drugstore or a nutrition store. They require carbohydrate first because it's easiest to digest. And, then, and the body doesn't really store a great deal of carbohydrate. It does some in the liver and certainly in the muscles. But that is used for emergencies, the so-called uh, sympathetic fight or flight response. The muscles don't share that with the rest of the body. Uh, the brain, of course, you need glucose to maintain emotional and cognitive stability 
And when there isn't enough, the body will resort to pulling amino acids out of the cells where they were going to be used for growth and repair of tissue, sent to the liver and converted into glucose. Now that goes on quite readily. The problem is it should not go on for long periods of time because then the patient begins to become protein deficient. And one of the amazing things that I discovered in my practice was that most of my female patients, now hear me clearly, not all females, most of my female patients were clearly protein deficient and calcium deficient. And we found that really that uh, laid at the bottom of many, many female uh, health problems. And once we were able to, to uh, begin to move in the correct direction with them, they, they were greatly appreciative. Yeah, and that's a really uh, amazing fact, especially since uh, a lot of the females out there are hounding down calcium supplements like there's no tomorrow. But I think you hinted on something that I would like you to uh, elaborate on a little bit more. That uh, I don't think a lot of people understand the connection between calcium and protein. So these ladies are out there hounding down calcium supplements like there's no tomorrow. And I've uncovered research that says taking too much calcium in supplementation form can actually be dangerous. And I won't waste time on that here. Go to my blog if you want to know more. Um, but there's a connection between protein and calcium. Would you elaborate on that and how digesting protein better might help your ability to use calcium properly? Sure. The, the blood system is required to deliver nutrients to the cells, and it must be maintained within some very, very narrow limits. For example, temperature and uh, pH, or in other words, acid or alkaline balance, as well as volume, uh, having to do, for example, with your uh, blood pressure. And also the concentration of uh, things, nutrients, for example, everything that we would do blood tests for that have to be maintained within rather narrow limits. Well, the body has relationships that it has put in place. And the one between protein and calcium is this. Half of the calcium that is being carried in the blood is bound to protein. It's carried by protein. The other half of the calcium is free and the body can do with it as the cells can do with it as it needs to. Now that relationship, that 50-50, that's a rough approximation, but it's close enough. That will be maintained no matter what. So the level of calcium that is being delivered is totally dependent on the amount of protein. You can add more calcium to it, but the 50-50 relationship to protein is not going to change. And the calcium that is not needed to maintain that will be lost in the urine. So if the protein level goes down, the calcium level goes down. And you can pour all the calcium and vitamin D into that body that you want to. But until you raise the protein level, it's not going to work. It's not going to be effective. That's fantastic. That's the physiological law. There's no arguing with that. No, you, you can't. And, you know, I remember, uh, you know, with our, I know with the uh, Food Enzyme Institute's urine analysis, we spend a lot of time and there's a lot of extra detail in uh, analyzing the calcium portion and even breaking it down into its uh, subcomponents as well. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that is absolutely fantastic. And just a reminder for those of you who want to learn more about Enzyme Nutrition, you can always call my office to set up a consultation or contact me via the website. That is redmondridgenutrition.com, redmondridgenutrition.com, or 425-868-0120. That's 425-868-0120. Let's shift gears for a second and, and talk about the testing. Um, you know, I have, uh, sometimes I have trouble describing the in-office test procedure, the, uh, the, the points that we push on and we look for a muscle con contraction. And the confusion I get a lot when I'm trying to describe that is they think that I'm pressing on a point and testing the muscle to see if it goes weak. 
And we're really not testing to see if the muscle goes weak. We're testing for uh, muscle contraction. Could you explain a little bit about the difference between testing a muscle going weak and a muscle contraction and why we look for muscle contraction in the type of testing that we do? Going back uh, to the third week of embryonic life, the central nervous system in the brain has established sensory receptors in all tissues of the body. And it has separated them into three uh, areas that, that we'll call them. That is an outside, which we could call skin and hair and nails, and, and an inside, uh, which would be all the organs, and a, and a middle layer, which is the musculoskeletal system. Now, that's a rough approximation. We don't need to go into embryology here. But basically, in the third week of embryonic life, that's what an embryo looks like. It has three layers. And as it develops, the musculoskeletal layer is diffused into the outer and the inner layers. Now, what that means, to answer your question, is that when an organ, let's say a liver, is struggling to do it, perform its responsibilities adequately. The brain knows that because of these uh, connections, these sensory connections that were established in the, in the embryo. And it sends a message back through the autonomic nervous system or the endocrine system, which is much slow, uh, slower, but essentially through the autonomic nervous system, instructing the liver to either run faster or slower or it's instructing some other organ to help out what the liver is unable to perform. Now, what that means is that there will always be involuntary, and that's a key word, involuntary muscle contraction. Now, that also occurs in structural problems. So, for example, uh, muscles attach at each end to different bones as those bones would move apart uh, for some misalignment reason, that and it becomes weak, and that can be found with muscle testing. However, when the problem is visceral, the two ends of the muscle are not being stretched, but they are being told to contract. So the muscle testing of weak muscles does not tell you when there is a visceral problem. And a visceral problem meaning a problem with an internal uh, stress to an internal organ versus a musculoskeletal type problem. Exactly. And so you can find the structural things with, with the testing of the muscle, but you need, uh, to be, you need to be looking for the involuntary muscle contractions, and then the doctor must determine, is that structural or is that visceral? And, of course, for a chiropractor, it's quite easy. Right. Uh, I remember when we went through the uh, structural visceral part of the uh, in, of the training in the at the uh, Food Enzyme Institute, and uh, you know you did have a lot of diverse professions there, and you could tell who the chiropractors were because we could go boom. Oh yeah, that's exactly what happened. You know, the hip shifted, the leg shifted, the you know the this shifted, that shifted. It, it's uh, it's definitely um, not that other people can't do it, but they need a lot more training because we've already been been trained to do it. So, and they don't palpate as well. We are going to take a short break. We'll be back in just a minute. We are here with Dr. Howard Loomis, founder of Enzyme Nutrition, the Enzyme Institute of America, and Enzyme Formulations. You're listening to Dr. Andy's Wellness Corner on AM 1150 Alternative Talk, KKNW, and we will be right back.
Welcome back to Dr. Andy's Wellness Corner on Alternative Talk, AM 1150 KKNW, bringing you the show that allows you and your family to live a longer, happier, healthier life so that you can do more of what you love to do. I'm here with Dr. Howard Loomis, founder and creator of Enzyme Institute of America, Enzyme Formulations, and pioneer of Enzyme Nutrition. We were talking about the science behind muscle contraction, and now I'd like to get into the science behind the testing that we do. So in my office, I've had patients observe me kind of doing some preliminary testing on some of my other patients. If I have a patient that's on the fence about enzyme nutrition testing, I will palpate or I'll poke those points from time to time when they come in, I just basically let them know you've got a stress condition here and what we're gonna do is we're just gonna monitor it over time. And they look at me pressing on these points and looking for these muscle contractions and they look at me like I'm doing some sort of some magic. Like how can, how can pressing a point on your leg have anything to do with bone health or, or how can pressing some point in the back of your head have anything to do with uh, your, your autonomic endocrine system? Would you go into the science, and I mean the science behind how these different points we press on are related to the health and vitality of certain organs and systems in the body? Well, it goes back to the sensory um, connections that I was talking to you about. Um, and they are very, very exact. And in fact, uh, even, uh, oh, let's say acupuncture and their, their use of meridians is actually using connective tissue fibers. Uh, which is the, the glue that holds your body together. If we could imagine that under the skin you have a, a net uh, stocking of connective tissue fibers that the body sends uh, messages through. And, of course, it, it obviously has to do with the nervous system, but it's much more complicated than that. And it also has to do with stress. Is the body struggling to maintain itself against gravity which is pulling on it constantly, regardless of what position you are in, or is it struggling to maintain homeostasis within the, within the blood or the extracellular fluids, or is it struggling with an emotional stress and it has to provide energy for each of those areas. You, you can specialize in structure if you want, you can, and many do very successfully. Many specialize only in visceral function. Many specialize in emotional problems. Uh, but you have to recognize if you want to find out what is actually causing the patient's problem. And for me, that's where the science is. You are hard-pressed to find a profession other than what we do that is taught to search out the cause of the patient's symptoms as opposed to finding a remedy. Now, to give you a science, the science behind it, we'd have to go back to school, and I can do that. We probably don't have time in the 45 minutes that we have here other than to say <laughs> that no, I think involuntary... You've done... Go ahead. I think you've done an ample job. That's exactly what I was looking for. I just wanted our, our listeners here in the Northwest to understand that there is science and reasoning behind what we do and that we can back up what we do with sound medical principles, if you, if you understand what oh, I'm saying. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And just a reminder for those of you who want to learn more about enzyme nutrition, you can always call my office to set up a consultation or contact me via the website that is redmondridgenutrition.com, redmondridgenutrition.com, or 425-868-0120. That's 425-868-0120. And I have, I have lectured to many medical groups and have never had any problems with them at all. That's Because that's, they're all taught the same thing in school, as you mentioned earlier, that chiropractors are. Right, same tech. I mean, I studied Guyton's medical physiology. Uh, my dad graduated from medical school in 1979. He studied Guyton's medical physiology, second edition. <laughs> I studied Guyton's medical physiology, sixth edition. But guess what? It's the same book. <laughs> it hasn't changed. Isn't that funny? <laughs> 
Yeah, the only thing that has changed uh, in all that time is the onward march of pharmacology, which is obviously uh, the treatment of disease and which we are fully in favor of. If you're diseased, you need medical intervention. But what patients don't seem to realize, uh, because they're not told this, is that all drugs, the pharmaceutical drugs I'm referring to now, are made to interfere or block a human enzyme system. And that's why they all have side effects, because if you're going to block it, then the body is going to have to try to recruit something, and you're going to have other symptoms. Either that or a drug can be uh, engineered to fill up a receptor site that an enzyme system would fill, but you're still having the same effect, and that's why they all have side effects. And so we're not against that, obviously. If you're diseased, you're diseased. But in nutrition, then we are looking to restore normal function and to maintain health. And that seems to be the biting edge, not with the medical profession, but with the pharmaceutical companies. Um, they don't like the fact that you can uh, restore health uh, when they don't teach it. They right. teach disease treatment, which is great. Right. I mean, disease treatment absolutely has its place. I actually was in the hospital in October with a, an infection that would not go away, and I had to do IV antibiotics, and uh, I was very grateful for them because otherwise I would have lost my leg. Uh, but there's aftermath to that, right? And I yeah. used enzyme nutrition to then help my body properly repair itself and restore itself to health to deal with the aftermath of that medication, which I was totally grateful for. I don't want anybody to think I'm bashing the medication. I wouldn't have a leg if it weren't for that medication. Uh, so I just want to make sure That's our listeners are, are clear that we're not trying to say that medication is bad. Um, if you don't mind, Dr. Loomis, I'd like to give you a quick analogy, and you can tell me what you, you think about that, if it's a good analogy. I like to think of medicine as, so if you're diseased, it's like your house is on fire. And the medical community is like the firemen. They're going to come and they're going to drench your house in water and chemicals to get the fire out. And you're going to be really grateful because they saved your life and they saved your house. But now the house is not in the same condition that it was when you, before you had the fire, right? And now we can use nutrition to help our body repair itself, help the house repair itself. Does that sound like a good analogy? Well, it is, and the only thing I would add to it is to repair the house, you're going to need building materials, mm -hmm. uh, vitamins, minerals, carbohydrates, protein, lipids, and you're going to need workers to rebuild it, and those are the enzymes. Excellent. Perfect. So, if our body makes these enzymes, why do we need to and we supposedly get these enzymes from our food, allegedly. Uh, why do we need enzyme supplements? Well, you don't get them from food anymore. That's why I said um, allegedly. <laughs> right, right. You don't get them. They, they're having to remove them because, uh, for example, when I go to the store and I buy bananas, uh, I only can buy a few at a time because I have to consume them before their own enzymes will begin to digest them. Um, and that goes for all raw foods. They have a relatively short shelf life, and our population continues to uh, get bigger. Uh, we talked about my graduating in 1967. In my lifetime, the population of the United States has tripled, and one of the large, largest world agricultural corporations has stated flat out that by the year 2050, we will have to raise twice as much food from the same acreage that we have now. And they simply cannot afford to leave those enzymes uh, in the food. They have to be extracted in order to get shelf life to feed the people. And that's the problem. And, of course, you have this big uh, controversy, at least uh, in some parts, uh, over genetically modified Foods. That's basically what's going on. Uh, so you're going to need them unless you can grow your own food, and that's going to become more and more difficult. 
uh, as time goes by, and very few people are going to be able to afford to do that. So the enzymes are not there. But uh, the key point I want to I want to bring to you is very few people are eating the perfect diet. And we, we all know that there's all kinds of diet plans out there. But the only perfect diet is the one that this particular body needs. And you have to determine precisely what it is. And it's very doubtful that the patient has been eating into their genetic strength. Many oftentimes they're eating at least partially into their genetic weakness. And there are nutritional problems. And the key things, and going back to Dr. Howell and pre-digestion, is we can pre-digest nutrients if we know what, has, what the body needs. And that goes back to the examination. And we can move, it, move those nutrients past an incompetent digestive system. And that's why this works. That's fantastic. I uh, hope you don't mind. I've actually uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, kidnapped your phrase where when, when I talk to potential patients where I say, we're going to help you teach your body how to eat to its own genetic strength. So I hope you don't mind that I've uh, uh, kidnapped or borrowed that from you because that's You've... I, I enjoy coming up with one-liners during seminars, <laughs> and then they're simply to help people remember. Now, what about your body's ability to make enzymes? I mean, if your body can make these enzymes, why do we need to supplement with them? Well, you're talking about pre-digestion now. It doesn't make pre-digestive enzymes. Nature's plan was to put the enzymes in the raw food so that when you chewed the food, you released those enzymes, they would then begin to begin digestion in the upper part of the stomach before hydrochloric acid could be produced. Now, the, the body will always make its own enzymes. The question is, for example, let's take the pancreas. The pancreas is responsible for coming up with, with uh, lipase and amylase and protease once the food has moved out of the stomach. And the body has a magical way of telling the pancreas as the food is being digested in the stomach and gradually dripping onto the wall of the intestine, this is what's coming. And we want you to prepare so much protease, amylase, and lipase. And the pancreas will do that if it can. But there is no way that it can come up with enough enzymes to digest a quarter pounder with cheese, <laughs> fries, and a large Coke. It just cannot do it. The pancreas is simply not that big. So the question is, modifying the diet, pre-digestion, give the pancreas a rest. Now, there is no way that we turn off, ever turn off the uh, pancreas's need to make enzymes. You're not, you, you're not going to do that. And uh, you couldn't simply make a pill big enough <laughs> to give someone to do that. Gotcha. But it's all about resting. It's all about resting. And that was a big thing with Dr. Howe. That's what he wanted me to thoroughly understand. That as I was beginning to digest this food and begin to move it to various organs, that the whole idea was to give the organ a break. Because if it's, if it's overworked, you have symptoms. Mm -hmm. And you want to give it some relief. And what we find with our work is that we can do it. Fantastic. So what about, there are certain professions, certain people out there who claim that the enzymes get destroyed by stomach acid before they ever get to be of use by the body. So there's no point in supplementing with enzymes. What, uh, is, is that true? No, it's not even close to being true. And unfortunately, we have a lot of professionals who have just picked up on that terminology. And I have to be gentle here, but they simply don't know what they're talking about. Uh, hydrochloric acid does not destroy enzymes. In fact, hydrochloric acid actually activates a protein digesting enzyme that is secreted by the wall of the stomach. It has to be there for that enzyme to work. And beyond that, there is nothing um, that can digest an enzyme. And for that matter, hydrochloric acid doesn't digest anything anyway. Uh, it is simply there to provide a medium to change 
and modify a protein digesting enzyme that is secreted by the stomach itself and make it active and provide the right pH or acid range for that enzyme to work in. That's all hydrochloric acid does. And here's something else, uh, just a little bit off the subject, but not too far. Most of the people who have heartburn, and this is proved by studies, uh, who have heartburn and digestive problems are not secreting excess stomach acid. They don't have enough. And in fact, it's physiologically impossible for the human body to produce excess stomach acid. The symptoms that they get from heartburn are coming because the, the lining of the stomach, which is supposed to protect it, the wall of the stomach from digestive juices has become stressed, uh, has become thin. And the major cause of that is stress. And again, stress comes from gravity, maintaining homeostasis, and from emotional problems. You can't separate. Gotcha. I think I've got time for one more question here, Dr. Loomis. I often talk to the general public about the enzyme nutrition. I do lectures all around town. I do workshops. Um, we do consultations in the office. And a common response I get when I'm talking about enzymes is, oh, yeah, I take a probiotic. I'm going to let you address that. I've addressed it many times, but I'd like to hear your take on that. Probiotics are not enzymes. Probiotics are microorganisms that live inside your colon. And you have two types of microorganisms that live down there, uh, the so-called good and bad. And microorganisms in the colon, you cannot keep them out. Uh, they're there, and according to the experts, there's more microorganisms down there than there are cells in your body. I have to take their word for that. But they eat whatever you have not digested, and then they discard their waste back into, the, into your colon. Now, the difference between the good and the bad is the bad secrete an alkaline waste, which uh, causes constipation. The more alkaline that bowel becomes, the more constipated you become. And the good secrete an acid, and that relieves the constipation. Uh, there is nothing there in the form of an enzyme uh, in, uh, for enzyme supplementation in probiotics. And one last point on the probiotics. Take a very careful look at the label of the yogurt, for example, that you're buying. If it is pasteurized, the so-called probiotics in that pasteurized yogurt are pretty much ineffective. Right, because what exactly does the pasteurization process do? Well, it's going to kill the, the microorganism. That's what it was. It. Right. That's what it was designed to do, right? Uh, yes, exactly. Louis Pasteur saved the wine industry in France when they were exporting wines to America. Uh, the bacteria were destroying the wines before they could get there. And if you boil wine, of course, you kill the reason for drinking wine. And if you uh, kill the bacteria but keep the wine's uh, properties, then you've been able to save the wine industry, and that's what Louis Pasteur did. Uh, most people don't realize that pasteurization was never intended for the dairy industry. It was actually for the wine industry. Uh, Dr. Loomis, I really, really appreciate your time. Now, obviously, people who are local, um, they have already know how to contact me to learn more information about enzyme nutrition, but this radio show also turns into a podcast. And so if somebody in Wisconsin or Pennsylvania or Texas wanted to know more about enzyme nutrition and wanted to provide, uh, wanted to find a provider of enzyme nutrition in their area or somebody who did that in their area, where would they go to seek out those resources? They could call the Food Enzyme Institute at 608-273-8115 uh, and, and request uh, a therapist that has been trained in enzyme nutrition in their area. Perfect. Great. And don't forget, for those of you in the Northwest, you can always contact me at 425-868-0120. That's 425-868-0120. You can email me at drandy at redmondridgechiropractic.com. drandy at redmondridgechiropractic.com. Or the easiest way to get in touch with me is via the website redmondridgenutrition.com. Simply click on the Contact Us page 
And in return for doing so, I will even email you a free ebook on health in America. Again, if you're in the Northwest, contact me at 425-868-0120, 425-868-0120, or redmondridgenutrition.com on the contact me page. Dr. Loomis, I really appreciate your time. I hope we have a chance to get you on the show again. And uh, this is Dr. Andy Marone uh, saying goodbye. Thank you, doctor. Thank you. Well, what an amazing interview with Dr. Howard Loomis, founder and creator of Enzyme Nutrition, the Enzyme Institute of America, and Enzyme Formulations. We'll be back next week with another exciting interview regarding Enzyme Nutrition on Alternative Talk AM 1150, Dr. Andy's Wellness Corner. And a reminder, you can always catch a replay of this and other episodes of Dr. Andy's Wellness Corner via the Dr. Andy's Wellness Corner podcast on iTunes or Google Play or on the website at redmondridgenutrition.com. Thanks for tuning in.